Hey there, welcome back. I hope that this has been a helpful experience for you. Um, for me personally, I've really been enjoying my time uh, in the fruit of the Spirit, studying it, considering it, allowing it to study me. Um, it has shaped my thinking in recent weeks. Uh, it's pretty incredible how the Word uh, does the work, in the words of Martin Luther. Um, the Word does the work, and I just feel uh, that the the Word by the Holy Spirit has been working in my heart and in my life, and I sincerely hope and pray that this has been a blessing for you. So uh, we've got a few more weeks together in the Fruit of the Spirit. I anticipate, Lord willing, that we'll keep going with some online series. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into the text for the day. Galatians 5 verses 22 and the beginning of 23. The Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, that you would please use this time to make us more like your son. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to look at the fruit of both kindness and goodness. We'll take them together because they are so closely related. One of my favorite authors um, is Jerry Bridges. He's a navigator's guy. Uh, he was called, uh, what, what was he called? He was called the um, a gospel statesman. Uh, he was somebody who was so in love with the good news of the gospel that he was an advocate for it. And uh, very faithful life, a very fruitful ministry. Um, but he writes like this. He says, Kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Goodness is the activity calculated to advance that happiness. Let me read that again. Bridges says, Kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Goodness is the activity calculated to advance that happiness. And so he sees them coming together, and, and I, I believe he's right. They are two sides of uh, the same coin. Kindness is a disposition. Goodness is the outworking of that disposition. So we're going to take them together. Now, when we think about kindness, we intuitively know how important it is. Uh, in fact, I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, and uh, we, we do the parent drop-off and parent pick-up. They're doing in-person learning, and... We take them to school and we drive, drive them to school and we drive uh, one of the neighbor kids to school as well. And every day, uh, my wife and I, we've just kind of said, look, we're going to pray over our kids as we take them to the school. And uh, we're going to hope that that has a, a tremendous effect on them as they, we stack up these prayers over the course of a school year or you know, their entire academic career. Um, but every time we pray, I've noticed that one of the things that we often pray for, whether it's my wife or myself, we often pray for the kids in a variety of different ways, but one of the specific prayers that comes to mind is, Lord, would you help our kids to be kind? We, see, we know the, the importance of kindness. We understand the significance that a disposition of kindness could have on the world. Um, in fact, I believe it's a part of the curriculum at the school that they attend, um, that they want kids to be kind. And... Uh, you know, it's so, it's so prevalent, uh, I was even thinking about this uh, this week, not only is this something we pray for, and not only does it show up in the school's curriculum or, or you know, kind of 
learning outcomes that they're hoping to, uh, to accomplish. It also shows up in marketing. We have a t-shirt, I believe it's my daughter's t-shirt that says, kindness matters. So you've got clothing designers or graphic designers out there who are thinking this idea is so widely held that we can sell merchandise promoting this idea. Well, if it's that obvious, why are we so poor at it? I mean, if kindness is something that, that the world itself is saying, man, this really matters. Why is it that Christians have a hard time thinking about this as an important agenda to be pursued? You see, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and God is telling us this is a part of His character. And this is a part of His desire for His people, that when the Holy Spirit resides in the hearts and lives of the people of God, one of the outcomes ought to be the fruit of kindness. Well, let's look at it then. Let's think about this uh, from a few different levels. We've been doing this week by week, and basically we kind of acknowledge that the fruit of the Spirit is usually a, a character trait of God Himself. So Christopher Wright is an Old Testament scholar, and he pointed this out. Kindness in the New Testament is actually borrowing from a term in the Old Testament. And it's a unique term, it's a fascinating term, because uh, it's the term hesed, the Hebrew word hesed, and it, and it comes across in English sometimes as loving kindness. And where it maybe almost originally shows up is when God is describing himself to Moses, but ultimately to the watching world in Exodus 34. Let me show this to you. We'll put it up on the bottom of the screen here. But in Exodus 34, God is revealing himself to Moses and he's declaring who he is. And this is what he says. He passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That, that's the, the phrase there that is translated is the word said. So he is, a, he is abounding in loving kindness. This is how God reveals himself to us. He is the God who in his very nature is abounding in loving kindness. Now, he abounds in this disposition, but you see it too in the way that he relates to the world. The Bible describes it in, in a variety of different ways, but he, God, when he deals with the world that he has made, he deals with it in kindness. Listen to Acts 14, 17. It says, God has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and he fills your hearts with joy. This is a, a sermon here from Acts 14 that's describing God's relationship to creation itself, to humanity that he has made and the world that he superintends. God has shown kindness. That kindness not only is how God interacts with the world, that kindness also has this saving effect. It's crazy. It's a part of what draws people to saving faith. So listen to it from Romans 2. It says, Do not show contempt for the riches of God's kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. The kindness of God is supposed to be this attractive feature that's magnetizing you to the reality of who God is 
and ultimately what He has done in the sending of His Son. And so this kindness intends us, it's intended to lead us to repentance and faith and salvation. That's why in Titus 2, it reads like this, Titus 2 verses 4 and 5, When the kindness and love of God our, our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. So this is the kindness and love of God appearing. He saved us. And a part of that saving work is a, I would say it like this, it's an outworking of His kindness. He looks at us and He wants to advance happiness in our hearts and our lives and in our eternity. And so God relates to the world with kindness and that kindness leads to salvation and therefore kindness is an expectation for followers of God. So over and over again throughout the scriptures, I'll give you two different um, passages that emphasize this reality. Over and over again in the scriptures, God is saying, my people need to display my character and specifically here we're talking about kindness. So Zechariah 7, 9, this is what the Lord Almighty said, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion, which is again that word has said, show loving kindness to one another. This is what God is expecting of His people. This is what the Lord Almighty is saying, administer true justice, show loving kindness to one another. Or a New Testament reference, Ephesians 4.32, it tells us plainly, be kind and compassionate to each other. Forgive each other, just as Christ God, just as in Christ God forgave you. So, people of God, we need to be kind. So, as we think about this, and we think about this fruit of the Spirit, and this calling on our lives to display this fruit, let's just ask it like this. If it is intuitively significant to the world, kindness matters. T-shirts say it. Kindness matters. If the character of God is loving kindness, if the way He relates to the world is in a disposition of kindness, if that kindness leads to our salvation, and if He's calling His people to display that kindness to a watching world, can we at least make it a part of the agenda for our lives? Can we at least begin to think through, am I being kind? Do people experience me as kind? I've been thinking lately about uh, the majority of our interactions having gone through 12 months currently of a pandemic. Uh, a lot of our interactions happen online. And so a good place to start is evaluating your online presence. Do people experience you in your social media posting and in your comments and in your interactions, and in your articles that you share, and your links that you share, do they experience the kindness of God? Or do they experience somebody who's opinionated and brash and harsh and condemning of anyone who doesn't agree with them? You see, we're, we're being called right now to display the kindness of God. Kindness, like Bridges said, is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. So an online presence is something to evaluate. How, um, 
we interact with other people right now is something to evaluate. I mean, right now, I think kindness has the ability to change the world. If we'll s simply just look at people as we interact with them, and if we'll just pay attention and stay with them for a moment and not treat them as an inconvenience, but see them as a person made in the image of God, worthy of our attention and worthy of our care, I do believe that it's going to go a very, very long way. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And secondly, it's also goodness. Again, goodness is that activity, according to Bridges, that's calculated to advance the happiness of others. So you might just put it like this. Goodness is kindness in action. Goodness is kindness in action. And the goodness is when we are looking for opportunities to take that disposition of kindness and act on it. Um, so, we're told in Galatians 6.10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we're being told this is, the, this is what we're supposed to do. If we have opportunity, let us do good to everybody. But especially, there's a priority here, especially those who are in the family of believers. So the goodness that's the fruit of the Spirit coming out of us ought to be manifesting in our willingness with every opportunity to do good to everyone that we encounter, and especially to those inside the family of faith. I've noticed in recent months that commitments have been made crystal clear. And some people, I think, would rather do good to somebody that they share a political affiliation with than somebody that they share in the family of God with. That, to me, is absolutely tragic. Uh, we need to do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Uh, I think that this is pretty uncontroversial what I'm saying right now, this idea of being good to other people. I think most worldviews and most philosophies would all agree that doing good to others is a good thing. Here's where Christianity is set apart from all other worldviews and philosophies and other ideologies. Christianity calls us not only to do good to people we like, but it actually calls us to do good to our enemies. The Lord himself put it like this in Luke 6, verses 26 and 27. He said, To you who are listening, this is the Lord speaking, To you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. So not only are we supposed to be kind in our disposition and good in the way we relate to everyone, there's a finer point being placed on this, and it is this reality that we as Christians can do good and love our enemies. We can do good to and love our enemies. We can be like Christ, who while we were enemies of, of His, He sacrificially gave of His life for our sake. So we can take on this cruciform reality where we look at other people, and maybe people who are hostile toward us or we're feeling persecuted by them, or we're, we're feeling threatened, or whatever the case might be. But we think, listen, I'm full of the Spirit of God. 
So my job in this moment is not to revile you and not to retaliate against your hostility toward me. My job in this moment is to love you and do good to you and bless you. See, that's Christianity 101. We are being called to take on the cruciform shape of the gospel. We're being called to love our enemies and do good and bless those who curse. So, again, goodness is this calculated activity for the sake of others' happiness. And we need to be willing to think, are we spending our time and our energy right now considering how we might express our kindness in good deeds so that others might see. In fact, there's a passage in the New Testament, I think it's in the Sermon on the Mount, and I don't have it here in my notes, but when we do this, it actually draws attention to God so that people would see our good deeds and glorify God in heaven. We need to be people who are saying, kindness and goodness are a part of our calling. It's who we are. People filled with the Spirit of God, displaying the fruit of the Spirit. And when that's happening, I believe that it will give cause for people to take God seriously. When they see in us kindness and goodness on display, it'll give them pause and cause them to give serious consideration to the reality of God. They'll see our good deeds and they will ultimately glorify God in heaven. May that be so. Amen.